Man, the holidays, busy time, huh? Busy time. I dumped outside. Dude, so much snow. So much snow. Yeah. Wow, you're staring into my eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the snow, dude. It, it's been a beautiful morning. It has. It's captivating for sure. I'm, I'm definitely stoked. Um, so in this episode, we talked to... Um, Victoria Peterson and Sam Davenport of The Spinardian, which is a hyper-local publication that focuses on a neighborhood in Anchorage called Spinard. Yeah, a pretty famous neighborhood, I'd say. One of the oldest ones that used to be its own town, but we're not going to get into the history because we already got into that in yeah. the podcast. Yeah, it was it was a fun conversation. Um, Victoria works at the Peninsula Clarion out in Kenai, and we've been wanting to sit down with them. And since she lives out there now, we were able to do it as she was back for Thanksgiving. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, they're just kind of represent younger journalists that kind of did something similar to you with Crude, where they create like a small publication that tells the authentic Alaskan story. So I know we talked about that. Yeah, I think it was a great conversation. I, I actually, um, let's see, how, how do I put this? I generally don't like interviewing young people because um, they don't have anything really to offer. You can hang out with them and talk to them, but I don't think that their experience warrants uh, media attention just yet. I, I, I'm talking about generally, not sp like specifically. Yeah, well, these, these girls aren't 14, 15, and 16. Exactly, but but sometimes 21-year-old, 22-year-olds can be real boring. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that Sam and Victoria are, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not even sure their age. They're in their 20s somewhere, right? Yeah. Okay. Early 20s. Early 20s? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, it was just, it was exciting to talk to people that understand like journalism and, you know, basically the struggles that we go through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And seeing it at a, um, like they're just getting into it. Yeah. And it was cool to be able to impart some knowledge, like maybe don't go down this rabbit hole because, you know, it's, it's going to end... Terrible. Just yeah, terrible. It's going to be terrible. Face down in a gutter where Cody found me and said, hey, want to do crude with me? <laughs> yeah, man. This this other stuff hasn't been working out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, let's keep this short because yeah. I, I think that let's just get We're into busy. it. busy. It's the holidays. It is. Exactly. Yeah. We got to do some Christmas shopping. Yeah. So we always have to give a shout out to our company men, Trina Duber. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and Seward Brewing Company. Oh, yes, we were brewing company. Thank you so much for your support coming in at that company man level and helping us be able to buy equipment, being able to, I mean, make this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And in addition else. to all the other patrons. Yeah, you guys are awesome. And, and you're basically what's keeping uh, this thing afloat and, and going, you know, because we have still more awesome people to talk to, including our upcoming Earthquake episode. Um, and then, yeah, if you can, head over to iTunes. Drop us a review. Five stars, of course. No, just keep it real. But um, we would really appreciate that. That helps us. iTunes review, crude conversations. Right. Let's get into this then. Mike is hot. Mike's hot? Mike's hot. Is it recording? It's recording. That's what that means, dude. Crude conversations. Listen more than you talk. Go to work! Sam Davenport. Hey. Victoria Peterson. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the Spinardian. Um, the Spinardian is a hyperlocal news source about the neighborhood of Spinard, Anchorage. And it started as a website, and then um, with the help of Sam, we created it into a magazine. So where the inception of this idea, how did that happen? Where did that take place? Um, it started with 
uh, Kirsten Swan with Mountain View Post. And so she created the little magazine Mountain View Post and the website. And that's sort of where I got the inspiration. It's not the exact same thing or anything, but um, she helped me with my project, which was a part of my senior capstone. And so she was like my mentor through it. And that she was like the main inspiration, I'd say. But like the idea, I was like, wow, I would really love to have something like this for Spinard, which is like my neighborhood. Yeah. You know, for, for listeners who may not be familiar with Anchorage, where does the name come from? Spinardian. Joe Spinard. So he was one of the homesteaders of Anchorage. Um, Spinard was actually its own town outside of Anchorage, um, which a lot of people don't know. But um, Joe Spinard, he had the City Express, which was the first taxi in Anchorage. So yeah, so that used to be part of the Chugach National Forest. And um, they cut down all the trees and created this big dance hall. So like a, a big club at the time. <laughs> and, uh, and then he it burned down and he moved away. And that was he was here for about like, Less than 10 years, I think. And, and when yeah. was this? This was in like 1914 or so. Like yeah. 1990. Yeah. The 20s yeah. or so, a little bit before that, yeah. Prohibition time. Yeah, exactly. I, I heard there was maybe some like uh, bootlegging of alcohol going on. Oh, maybe I'm sure. In, yeah. in this dance hall. <laughs> yeah, that Joe Spinard seemed like maybe a wild man. I don't know if it's man. necessarily bootlegging if no one really cares here. If, yeah. if, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's bootlegging for sure, but like so, when no yeah. one gives a shit. Well, that's what I was wondering <laughs> yeah. because we're a territory then, so I wonder how like so prohibition law... Anchorage was dry and Spinard wasn't because it was outside of city limits. So people would like okay. wander into Spinard and like, you know how Spinard's <laughs> so curvy. They say it's because it's people's coming home from Spinard after a night of, you know, debauchery or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, so that's, but it, it's actually old game trails, but you know, this, the story is a lot more fun than that. <laughs> Bunch of hammered people. Yeah. Yeah. Basically long story <laughs> short. Yeah. So the Spinardian is a hyper local publication you said. Why is hyperlocal news important, maybe in general right now and also specifically? Um, I'd say it's really important in general right now because, so for instance, I live on the peninsula right now, temporarily. and um, The Kenai Peninsula? It's the Kenai Peninsula. The Kenai and Peninsula. we have one newspaper that I work at that is the regional newspaper for an area the size of West Virginia. And there used to be another newspaper called the Readout Reporter, and it was just some reporter who did exactly what we're doing at Hyperlocal Magazine about, like, Kenai and Solana specifically. And it's a real shame that it's not there anymore because now I'm the sole provider for news in this area the size of a whole state. And it, it's a lot of pressure, and it'd be great if there are more people offering different perspectives in a very diverse place such as the peninsula. So. When you have Anchorage and there's like 30,000 people in the area that I support in the peninsula, and this is about the same as Spinard, you know, those are a lot of, those are a lot of different opinions and, you know, just in this big like microcosm that Anchorage is. And I think that having something like that's just, I don't know, it gives people pride, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I would also add on that like Spinard, similar to Mountain View, kind of gets a bad rap in the news. It's always like Spinard homicide, Spinard pothole that ate up the whole road. And like <laughs> that was one exception. But I guess like the majority of stories that are coming about our neighborhood are kind of negative. And um, there's just a lot that doesn't get covered and a lot of people that don't get um, profiled or anything like that that are important, that are historical figures in the community. And, you know, I think that that's just as important, too, to kind of tell other people's stories and have a different perspective on a place that kind of people kind of see as a dirty part of town or a shitty part of town. And it's just not. So, you know, what's interesting is you said that people perceive these neighborhoods, uh, Spinard and Mountain View, 
as shitty neighborhoods, like they're kind of problem areas. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because that's how the news portrays them. And so by having a hyper-local publication like, say, this Penardian or Mountain View Post, you have people who are actually living in that area. Yeah, definitely. And they're giving the news of that area rather than, you know, say someone from elsewhere in town, right? Maybe a more affluent area. Mm-hmm. And they come in and they're pointing fingers. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. And it kind of just... Um, yeah, I think Fairview is kind of the same way, you know, like everyone talks about like the cars and, um, at Fairview and stuff. And homeless ha- district, as some people call it. What yeah. do they call it? Homeless district. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like- so I have a question then for you guys, because it's, it's very easy from like a bird's eye view to drive through a place and be like, oh, there were some potholes and homeless people. <laughs> you know what I mean? But let's say a tourist were to come to Anchorage and spend just two weeks straight only within Spinard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do you think? their impression would be of that neighborhood and who Alaska is? I think Spinard is pretty diverse. We have a high um, Filipino population. Um, So I think you would see a lot of different kinds of people walking about. We have a lot of small businesses. We have almost a quarter are in Spinard out of Anchorage's entire um, small businesses. I think Mm -hmm. if that's that's, yeah, a quarter like of Anchorage's 20, small businesses yeah. are yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty amazing. So you would see a lot of like mom and pop shops or people kind of like starting off in their first business or however many businesses they get into. But I think that's really special and kind of a unique place because if you look at a lot of other neighborhoods like Mountain View, for example, they don't have a lot of that. They ha- they do a lot more residential. Um, so that's, I think, would be an interesting thing that a lot of people would They'd see. probably be eating at Anchorage's best restaurants too. Yeah, we got a <laughs> lot of good food spots too. So In Spinard. Yeah. yeah. Mountain View probably has some too, but... A lot of mom and pop, small businesses, uh, good cuisine, and and diversity Mm -hmm. is how you would would frame it. And I think a lot of people outside of Alaska kind of take this, like, singular view of who we are. You know, whether it's it's been eight years of reality shows dictating that (laughs) or, you know... Our politics Sarah that they, Palin, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, they, they take this idea, but you know, when you really get into it, especially in Anchorage, there's a there's a diverse realm of thought, you know, and and people, and and Spinard kind of represents that, and in a way, you know, I think they say like Spinard could be like known as like the hipster neighborhood. Yeah, I think um, I think it's definitely up and coming and kind of edgy, as a lot of people I've heard describe it as edgy, which I don't know if that's necessarily. It's been equated thing. to Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, numerous times. Yeah. Like w- Williamsburg, places like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 We um, For our third issue, actually, that's coming out in December, um, we had a woman named Darcy Stein write for us, and she's a f- local photographer in Spinard, and she moved here from New York. So she kind of wrote about how she discovered the neighborhood was through taking photos, and that's kind of how she discovered her hometown of Brooklyn, too. So um, I thought that was really cool, kind of seeing that connection and how a lot of people who have even lived in New York, um, Jay Stange, who's the president of Spinard Community Council, um, he lived in New York for a while, and he kind of always reflects back, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, but they're drawn to this place yeah. that, that's similar to where they came from. Yeah. yeah. They see kind of those niche, quirky places. and Yeah, it seems like people have a lot of, I guess, pride for yeah. Spinard, you know? Yeah. Um, what's They have like that annual event called Spinardi Gras. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I don't know anything about it. It sounds like it'd probably be a good time and kind of... Yeah, I've never been, but then there's like Spinardic Man, which is like... <laughs> really? Man, yeah. There's a lot of events. <laughs> like... What is Spinardic Man? I've never actually been to one. I think it's just like a joke play on Arctic Man where you like go around Spinard and like do like three events. and. Um, but no snow machining or no, racing. No, no, no. I think it's like you like dress up in a costume and like ride your bike like a block and then like do another event and 
it's just like a joke, yeah. But it all involves drinking. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, probably, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and you notice all these events have the name Spinard in them. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, it's always a, it's a playoff Spinard. So what, <laughs> what kind of stories do you think that you guys target, that you guys are looking for to be representative of the neighborhood? I like hearing from people who have lived there um, for a long time, whether well, not even a long time, too. So it could be they've lived there for a month. They've lived there for 20 years. And I think a lot of people um, in the community kind of can relate to other people's stories of only in Spinard would that happen or something like that. Um, Laurel Laurel Andrews, um, who's a freelance reporter, did this thread on Twitter that was like little illustrations that she did of just like things that she had seen in the neighborhood. And I would, I would pull them out, but my um, phone is like about to die. But it just like all these little stories of I was walking down the street and this guy came up to me and asked me if I wanted to buy like an ounce of pot and like I realized he was my neighbor the next day or whatever and just like silly shit like that that you know um micro stories yeah definitely Kirsten Swan of uh Mountain View Post she does a lot of those Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and I think um one thing that we've been doing for every issue is for the cover of each issue it's um a history piece about the neighborhood so I think we've been really kind of going into that more because it's just such an old neighborhood and there's so many people who have lived there for a long time. Victoria's grandparents or great grandparents um, homesteaded in Spinard. Um, so there's just like so much history, so much family history. You know, it's great. So speaking of like the historical aspect of Spinard is, is you know, you, they say it's edgy now, but it's, it's kind of always been edgy, right? Yeah. Wasn't there like <laughs> the street was full of massage parlors, which was right. basically the red light district? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is kind of like the big argument about like gentrification because it's like Spinard's always been like kind of this like grungy place it's never been like something good turned bad turned good again it's just always been like an unsavory part of town and now it's sort of becoming whatever it's becoming gentrification is a big sticky topic uh, so that's <laughs> yeah. it's an issue in spinard I, yeah for sure i think so and doesn't doesn't spinard have um certain terms that go along with it like a uh a spinard divorce oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> my so my great-grandpa was a um, he ended up becoming a judge, but he was a, an attorney in Anchorage for a really long time. And he did a lot of the Spinard divorce cases. And I guess like in the homestead and some like chest under the basement or something, he has a bunch of like the old evidence. Like, um, so there's like hats that have like bullet holes through. You should them tell and, like, people shirts. what a Spinard divorce is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that probably would make more sense. <laughs> a Spinard divorce is like when you, um, when a woman is done being married to her husband and, and takes him out. <laughs> Bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoots him. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it's the woman shooting the man? Yes. That's how yeah, it works? Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the larger implications of focusing on something as specific as a neighborhood? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, um, is, what does that, I guess, say, what does that say to the... The people that don't live there. Well, to the people that don't live there, but also uh, where you have an article that is in, say, a magazine or a local newspaper, and it is written for the masses, mm-hmm. right? What does it mean when you when you focus on a microcosm of a city rather than the kind of like the global issue the bigger of the city? Picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was kind of an issue we thought we would face going in is like, we're going to run out of story ideas. Like a lot of people ask us like, oh, you can't do that forever. You yeah. know, like there's only so much you can write about the neighborhood. 
Um, but one thing I think we've learned through this whole experience is that a lot of people who aren't even part of our, the Spinard neighborhood read the Spinardian and relate to it, whether they worked in Spinard at some time or it was their first um, apartment that they lived in when they moved to Alaska was Spinard um, or they have a business there, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think that a lot more people relate to it than kind of you would initially think, which is a great part of it. Um, yeah. And I think it goes back to that pride thing, people reading in the stories and being like, oh, I didn't know that I've lived here my whole life. That's really cool. So do you guys have any like desired outcomes, you know, that you want people to get when they read this or any, any long-term goals with this publication? <laughs> I personally, I just want people to like read it take away something that they learned from it you know like if you pick something up it's like wow i didn't know that spinard had the first escalator in town was it escalator yeah had the first escalator in town that's really cool or just where was that in the old northern lights or in the old northern lights center mall yeah. okay yeah which is the cover for our third issue but um <laughs> yeah I, all about it. there's two stories to that mall used to be is that the one with rei rei yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. We're, that's, we're yes. sitting here. That's yep. why we're sitting here with yep. them. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, I, I didn't I, I, you know, I, I was born here, but then after third grade, I moved away. So mm -hmm. I don't remember everything. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. kind of what I looked at you. <laughs> you lived here I for a while. I should have just looked back at you guys. I know. Yeah. Like Doing one of these. So. <laughs> yeah. It was long before anyway. any of us were born. Like, yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't have run into it or anything. I wonder what that's like, like back in the day. And it's like, that's the new technology. Like everyone go here and check out the new escalator. <laughs> it's stairs that. There's <laughs> Keep packed. riding it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're just looping the escalator, yeah. the kids. It's... So so looking toward the future, honestly, um, do you look at the Spinardian as something that will grow and be sustainable? And if so, do you think that Anchorage can and will su support something like that? Uh, well, but going back to the, the, the former question, I think... Um, one thing that I hope people get from the Spinardian is like a greater pride in like where they come from and like who they are and where they live and stuff, um, which is like unfortunate that I don't currently live in Spinard, so I'm like totally a hypocrite. But I think there are a lot of people are moving away from Alaska right now for like very real reasons that I totally agree with. But it makes me sad because this is my home. This is all of our home. And there are real reasons to stay here. And like, you know, we have more support we can make things better. And so I just like, would like people to see that people are trying to make our home a better place. And so, um, sorry, what was the, the, the question? Sustainability. Yeah. yeah. So sustainability, I think if people, you know, have like pride in where they live, they will want to support the people that are trying to make it a better place and a better environment. To be in. Yeah. And I don't know if this is going to be, you know, we're going to turn our careers into this right now. We, um, well, Victoria has a full-time job. I am doing my own thing, but, um, usually all four of us on the team are working and it's kind of a passion project and yeah, we make money from it, but all that money is just going back into the next issue and the next issue. So it's sustainable right now. I don't know if it'll be a project that we're doing 20 years from now, but I think that, um, if anything, it'll be something that we have to look back on and have all these stories and recollections and memories from the something neighborhood. Something you're proud of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, the, and the reason that I asked that question is because that's that was my mentality when I was doing Crude, mm -hmm. is, is these issues that I'm doing are representative of a genuine Alaskan culture. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe and I'm proud of them in the same way that you guys, I'm sure, are proud of this, this product that you're putting out there because yeah. it is representative of the people. Rather than what I've what I've noticed when say somebody comes along and they sell it, which if anybody mm -hmm. ever offers 
don't. You, you always keep 51%. Yep. Because Shark what happens baby, is, they, yeah. <laughs> it, is they bastardize it. You yeah. know, they turn it into something that it's not. I mean, look at mm-hmm. the Alaska Dispatch News. Totally. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement. Um, I think right now our team... Um, so it's Victoria, myself, and then Young Kim, who's a photographer in Anchorage, and then Levi Brown, who's um, a graphic designer in town. He's the editor of the Northern Light now. Um, but we all met at the student-run newspaper at UAA. Um, we all kind of had that same passion of wanting to create, whether that be through photos, through words, through illustrations. Um, so I think right now our team is just a really good fit, and we all really, you know, get along. We're friends, and I think even more important than that is like we're friends that can work together which you know doesn't always work out um but yeah i think yeah <laughs> adventures in local journalism yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great <laughs> you can always learn something i'm pretty sure this banarni is the reason why i got my job yeah like, you know because one of the interview questions was like what's like a piece of work that you're like the most proud of and i like whipped it out and i was like this and they were like whoa you know <laughs> you know that's that's funny because i i um in part what i've always wanted from crude and its contributors is for it to be a stepping stone mm-hmm. to, to something else. Yeah. You know, use this for your benefit mm-hmm. in the same way that I have used it to, for my benefit because I've always looked at it from a freelancer perspective, yeah. right? Like, totally. I, I need to use this to get to that next step because I'm not sure if Alaska um, is ready for to, to sustain a publication like crude and i hope the spinardian but i'm not sure because Mm -hmm. i think that alaskans as much as we really pride ourselves on um being these these people that are like purveyors of you know being very proud of our culture i think that we are by and large followers yeah yeah. yeah, I mean that's why that's why we we huddle around Olive Garden when it opens. You know, I mean, look, it's... I cannot remember the last time I even went into an Olive Garden. Oh my god, yeah. we have one in Anchorage, right? Yeah, there's one in Tacoma. There's two. Yeah. Oh. there's two in Anchorage. There's one in Diamond Center and there's one in Tacoma. See, I don't know anything. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're always followers, but we're always a little bit behind. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I think I guess my point in that was uh, the differentiation between. Um, being Alaskans that support other Alaskans rather than being this this consumer-led culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's Small Business Saturday today. Um, it is. Which I'm sure both of you, all of you, are aware of. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I... I kind of agree with your sentiment and I hope like people put their money where their mouth is and actually support instead of just kind of BSing everyone and be like, yeah, go support them. And it's as far as you get, you know? Um, but yeah. Well, we've seen, we've seen a huge influx of businesses like Olive Garden, Cabela's, you know, these like big national box stores and chains. And then we have like a huge, uh, military population, Mm -hmm. which is people coming from outside who might identify with that, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I wonder if we're going to see a focus back to small business or if we're going to be kind of this... Well, I, wonder if it, I wonder if it has anything to do with us being a transient culture. So, I mean, because we're mm-hmm. so... So you have these people, um, going off of what you said about the military, we have these people who are not from Alaska and they come here, and of course they're going to go to Olive Garden. They recognize it. They you know, know, it's familiar. Yeah, totally. No, yeah, exa- exactly. That's kind of something that I've talked with you about before, Cody, is these kind of these people that come and go and... I wonder, you know, like, what is the perception of Anchorage or Alaska with, like, someone who moved here as a young adult versus, say, us who grew up here? Yeah, totally. I, I, you know, I, I think they're different. 
I think that people who grew up here, when they talk about Anchorage, they're just kind of like bummed on it. Mm -hmm. They think there's, you know, and whereas people who move here, when I talk, this is mainly through the people I meet on like Tinder and Bumble. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I like this truth time. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be honest. But, uh, you know, they're they're very stoked to be here in Alaska. They think it's beautiful. It's this new adventure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was having a conversation earlier today with a friend of mine who, um, she moved here a few years ago. She's a nurse. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, that brings a lot of people up here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, what's your perception? Do you think it's different? We started getting into it. And she said, you know, she's noticed some issues being at the hospital that Anchorage faces, like the homeless mm-hmm. situation. So they do get to see kind of some of the issues. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if they perceive them differently than. You know, I think I think that they perceive them or we perceive our opinion of Anchorage comes from a place uh, where we are born here. This mm-hmm. is home to us. So um, I've had friends that I knew in college that are from like, you know, San Jose or whatever. And they think the exact same way that we all feel about Anchorage about San Jose. Yeah. Because that's yeah. where they're from. You know, they, it's it's all, nothing's new to them. I was born in Alaska. I wasn't raised in Anchorage. I was born in Saldatna and then I lived in Willow, went to school in Talkeetna. So I was kind of out a little ways. But even just growing up, you know, I had like a perception about Anchorage. And then when I told my parents I was going to move here, they're like, oh, like you need to, you know, get a better car. Like that thing doesn't even have doesn't really lock. You know, you can kind of just I have a I had a 95 Subaru Legacy, which um, was one of those cars. I think ADN wrote about it. That was just it took like 20 seconds to break into. Mm-hmm. It was just like Target. one Honda and done. Civics, kind of um, like those, yeah. yeah I, there are a few cars. They that... profiled this poor guy who I think he worked at Rusted Goat and he had his car stolen two times in a week. And that's the kind of car I had. Anyways, um, <laughs> I think that even people who don't live in Anchorage and live in a, like just Alaska in general kind of have a perception about Anchorage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people from Fairbanks too kind of view Anchorage mm-hmm. as a lot of like, hmm. The, yeah, city. the city, hotty, the city. city, yeah, city yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> even even in that new movie on Netflix, Hold the Dark, oh, um, there's this scene where it's it all takes place in Alaska, and there's this really great scene where the guy who's from Westworld, mm-hmm. um, he's one of the main actors in there, and he's talking to this woman, and this woman is is um, talking about the darkness and how the darkness can get inside you, and she's looking mm-hmm. outside, and they're they're living up north, right? And the guy is explaining how his daughter works at the university here in Anchorage. And she says, that place is not Alaska. And I thought that was so, I mean, I've heard that so before. poignant because that's how everybody in Alaska feels about Anchorage. Like this place is not Alaska. Yeah. It's like Inception. It's like inside of Anchorage, inside of UA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was at the Northern Light for about two years, I sold ads and it like killed me. That was like one of the big reasons why I left that job was because I just was selling my soul like every day. And it's not for everyone by any means, but you know, um, I think that kind of just taught me a lot about just like what I would want to invest in. And I think you invest in people um, a lot of the times. And I think Victoria and I like just really try to be um, champions of the neighborhood and like show people that you can care a lot about a place even if it's not perfect and um you know not only are the people changing we're talking about like you know changing of mentalities and the way we feel about this place right but 
our climate is also changing. <laughs> and so when, when you know, Dustin uh, rightly talks about, you know, recreational things like, say, hunting, right? Yeah. Fishing, um, snowboarding, whatever, right? Snow machining. Those things, you're able to do them less and less often now. Mm, totally. And so, so when you, when we're talking about kind of, I mean, these superficial things that are, that are great about Alaska, they're going away. Yeah. I was um, out, I drove out to Willow um, on Thanksgiving a couple days ago. And before I left, I was so worried. I was like, oh, the roads are going to suck. Like, it's going to take me forever to get out there. And they were bone dry. I had studs on and you could just hear them the whole time. And I was just grinding them down. But it's just, it's almost December and it just blows my mind that there's grass in my yard right now. Um, and that is not normal at all. Anyone who's lived here for more than a couple years can kind of Hopefully. Well, that's not true. I would hope that most people who have lived here for a long time can kind of see that change, you know. Um, growing up, I'd always make snow forts in my backyard, and it would be December, and now there is no snow in my parents' yard. You can even. make a grass fort. Yeah, exactly. You could. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would work, but it's just absolutely crazy. Well, that it, It's a total bummer. Yeah, yeah it, it, it really is, you know, and it, it brings me down, you know, the fact that, you know, I'm a snowboarder. I like to snow machine. I can't do it mm-hmm. like I want to anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're bummed out, that trickles into every other aspect of your life. So, yeah, this like the changing climate and the weather is probably one of those other like implications along with crime and other things that are giving us a more negative perspective of of where we're at. One could talk about that or one could argue that it's uh, extending our summer, which a lot of people. Yeah, I'm from Fairbanks. We talk about our September that. that we just had. That was beautiful. But super weird. You mean spring? Yeah. Oh, spring no, was no, unbelievable. No, yeah, my bad. Autumn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had an autumn. Yeah. Like yeah. it usually is just it windy beautiful. for three weeks, yeah. and then all the like. It was yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. yeah. We all know autumn. I mean, it's like yeah. maybe well, a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah, it was like an extended summer. It was crazy. I mean, that was really nice. But then you'd hope that all of a sudden it would hit and it would just like start snowing. Yeah. That hasn't happened. We it's have like all delayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One little snowfall, rain. I mean, I'm, all the recreational places that you go for the backcountry are opening later and later. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not as good as they once were. And that, that's killing the industries that support them. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it, because you'll have those people that come here in June and, like you said, romanticize it and they move here. And then all of a sudden, January and February hit, and they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, what they is don't this want to darkness? drive anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, well, it's like, okay, right now, you know, like, what's the general consensus on Anchorage? Oh, it's crime-ridden and, well, mainly crime-ridden, but not that good. But then you pick up an issue of Spinardi, and you're like, wait, actually, it's diverse. There's history. There's events going on. There's real people. And so mm-hmm. that's the thing is, like, there are these unique stories out there. There are these things to be proud about. There are reasons to stay. They're in your magazine. They're in yeah. Crude. Mm. They exist. You know, it's not just what these institutional media companies are putting out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing that came from all of those terrible reality shows was all the Alaskans were like, that's not Alaska. And we could at least all agree on one thing of like, that's stupid. We know what Alaska is and it's not that. Yeah, because that's a caricature of Alaska. Totally. <laughs> It was what someone who has never been to Alaska or has been here for two weeks thinks Alaska is. Mm-hmm. And it is not. <laughs> so to close this out, what is Alaska? It's a feeling. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. second that. It's a feeling. It's home. Yeah, it's it's a welcoming place, I think. I mean, unless you're Alaska Native, no one's from here. Like, they are in other places. Like, 
I mean, I'm like fourth generation Alaskan and I'm still like, you know, I'm not, I can't say I'm like of the land here. And I think that's makes it easy for people to come here. And um, like, I mean, my boyfriend's family moved here when he was just a baby and they have like, you know, their own family because they don't have family here. And I think I see that across the board with anyone that moved here and moves here. Yeah, you create your own kind of life. My dad moved here from New Mexico, never been here before, and he started working on the slope. And he met my mom, who also wasn't from here, and she moved up with her family when she was really young. Um, Yeah, you just find your tribe. Yeah, you, like, create your own family. It's the embodiment, to a degree, of the American dream. Anyone can move here. We're accepting. And and there is the—you have— a legit opportunity to make a life for yourself here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how accepting we can, <laughs> we, we are as a whole though, because I think that there are there are some areas, um, maybe like Kenai, right? I, I bet you know Homer. I bet there those places are a little bit more accepting yeah. than than Anchorage. And I have always yeah, believed maybe. that Anchorage exists in pockets, and mm-hmm. so you can go to one pocket and Exponent. you probably don't want to go to that pocket. You know, but then you go to another one and it's a little bit more accepting. Yeah. You so find I think where that. You be. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I guess <laughs> maybe that's true about Anchorage. You know, it, it's. I, I think there are like pros and cons to being. to, to, to being. to diversity. Yeah. You know? Well, that has nothing to do with diversity. It just has to do with that that part of town or whatever. You know, like say if you go up to. if you go up to Upper O'Malley, Upper Huffman. Um, and you're driving around aimlessly, I, I guarantee you, you'll get the cops call on you. Mm-hmm. When I would drive around my Subaru, people were like looking outdoors. They were mm-hmm. like, she does not live up here. I call bullshit on that. Like, yeah. yeah, I I would agree with that statement. Yeah, there's definitely parts of town where I'm like, this isn't my, you know, it's people, not my people. Yeah, People take their privacy very seriously here. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that's probably, yeah. probably the truest thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that probably <laughs> wraps all of these sentiments up. Yeah. Is, is people in Alaska really appreciate their privacy. And mm-hmm. when they see something that's out of the norm, they are very aware of it. Mm-hmm. Totally. You can support local grassroots journalism at patreon.com slash crude magazine. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a platform that makes it easy for you to support content that matters to our community for as little as $1 a month. Crude Conversations is written, hosted, and produced by Cody Liska and Dustin H. James for Crude Magazine. Intro music was produced by Alcoda Beats.